Welcome to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Dewan Johnson. Dewan is an actor who's best known for seven seasons as Detective Pierce on the Amazon show Bosch. He's also guest starred on Grey's Anatomy, Narcos, NCIS, 24, and a ton of others. Dewan is also the host of the Think Bigger podcast, and he's an actor's mindset coach. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at theartistsworkethicpodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. The script I want to highlight today is a feature drama called I Know You. I Know You is about when a man discovers that he can know details about those around him and uses his ability to improve his life at the cost of his own personal morality. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review the Artist's Work Ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Dewan, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Ah, thank you for having me. So you've got a ton going on between acting, your podcast, your coaching. How are you structuring your day to stay as productive and focused as possible across all these things? Yeah, you know, I think one of the big things that I I get this question a lot, but one of the things that I answer it with and say, um, you know, I hear, how do you, how do you fit it all in? How do you do it all? And I think the easy answer here is I don't like, I, I don't, I really, I, I don't want to give anybody a, a false sense of that. I do it all. I actually don't do it all. And I don't. And then when I try, it's not very well. So what do you mean by that? Noah, right? Like when, when I had my, my two sons, they came uh, um, when they are when I have to worry about their lives as well. I realized that I don't switch bandwidth very well, meaning I go to thing to thing to thing to thing. And so when I start to structure my day, I have to do it in pods. I get up in the morning and the first thing that I my my routine is uh, go for a walk, clear my own head, take care of myself at 6 a.m. So it doesn't mess up their schedules. And I come back and then get them to school, get them going and stuff like that. That's the way I do that. And then I come back for everything else, what has to do, whether it's acting usually takes priority in my life. So if I have to do a self-tape or if I have to uh, prep for an audition, whatever it is, that's usually next in line. And then I start, you know, making a list. Everything has to come out of my head onto a piece of paper, a list for things that need to get done for my coaching business. And then I have a whole bunch of auxiliary people who are helping me make it look like I do it all by myself. (laughs) I'm a huge list person. I, I have a list every day. I kind of vary between actually handwriting it or just having it in the notes on my phone. But I, I put everything from like unload the dishwasher to interview Dewan on, yeah. on the list for the day. And then I get the satisfaction of crossing things off and, and yeah. making sure I'm, you know, focused on what I need to do. And that's been huge in goal setting, both short term and long term for me. 
you say you have lists. How else would you say you organize yourself in your short or long-term goal setting? Well, I mean, you know, definitely lists like we were saying. I have, I'm a big calendar person. I also journal a lot, try to figure out what I'm doing. But when I'm goal setting, you know, I do a lot at the beginning of the year where I'm going. How do I want each quarter to look like? You know, um, I have a word of the year, which is this year's word of the year helps me. It's like my North Star for the year. And so I'm kind of like, cool, this is reap or receive. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in my receiving mode. And it kind of just, it, it, it keeps me focused on what I want to do throughout this year. For example, like this year, like let's just do something benign, like pay off debt. Like I want to make sure I pay off that. Or I want to create the environment as an actor to book that series regular in, right? We just got off of Bosch. I just got off seven seasons of that. So what is, what what's next for me? I need to create that space so that I can... Um, just sit and be still, you know, and then try to come up with what's next. So when I'm doing all that stuff, that starts at the beginning of the year, or that could be at the beginning of the month or beginning of the week or anything like that. And I kind of just go for it. I go for it after that. Do you think your your work ethic and, and how you've come up with this has been, uh, does it come from how you were raised or something else in your life along the way that you've, that's been instilled in you? I love mindset. I love working on mindset. I love mindset books. Um, I think this is a constant uh, process that's always refining. That's always like, oh, this didn't work. This is not something I can do. You know, it's funny. We're talking about this today because my kids just started school. And what I have realized because of, at the end of summer, when they end at school, like my routine goes out the window, right? Like, it's like, oh, we had this perfect routine going and now they're out of school. Now there's like a week of like, what, <laughs> you know, is happening. Same thing just happened this week with school. And so it's a little bit of trial and error. And I know about myself now that I'm going to be thrown a little bit into disarray right now because I'm trying to get their schedules back on something, you know, and my schedule back on something. And so I have a lot of grace with myself. I read a lot of books. I understand that I still need 30 to 45 minutes of workout time. I know that I still need to get ample sleep. There's things that I already know that I've gotten from being a mindset coach, but also being a um, a person who always gets poured into with books. Um, when I'm on my walks, I'm listening to podcasts that uh, that are um, you know Bob Proctor, Joe Dispenza, Lisa Nichols. So I'm always getting those downloads to help me be the best that I can be. That's more than anything. That is what I need always. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, that's how I do my walks is, is podcasts, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that was my entree to you. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> but uh, so a recurring theme that has come up on this podcast is that people who have found success in the arts tend to do things that set themselves apart from their peers uh, or, you know, they add value in some way, whether it's on set or or on the stage, what sort of things in your career would you say you did or, or an example or whatever that set yourself apart from your peers? Uh, just showing up, number one, always showing up. Um, you know, that's interesting. <clears throat> Very interesting question. 
when I first booked Bosch, Bosch was a no-name co-star, and it was um, uniform officer number one or number two or something like that. And I remember, you know, asking for a name. I said I would do it when I got a name, and they gave me Ron, the, uh, Officer Rondell Pierce. I here's where the big thing is. What I did was when I went to set that day to shoot that with number one with Titus. I we call it naivete or, you know, just work ethic. I went in there not thinking that I was just a lowly co-star. I went in there thinking, well, he's acting with me too. So let's do this. I went in there thinking I'm just as important as he was, did a phenomenal job, you know, and left it and hey, see you later. So much so when they saw me at the screening for the first uh, the pilot episode they were like it was such a pleasure to cut your your film like you just went in there and rocked it i was like well if you need a cop and they were like we'll be seeing more of you right and so i think when one number one go in and do your job and don't get whatever everybody else is saying about billing or who you should be or how you should act go in there and carry yourself with that integrity that you know this is my business too this is my business too. So that's number one. Number two is when that show started to premiere, I started getting on social media and acting like I was not acting like I shouldn't even say that because I was part of the cast. There's a lot of stuff in Hollywood where if you're not one of the big regulars at that time, then you aren't, you can't say it's your show. I had one scene and the one episode of this entire thing, but I was like, I'm going to like promote this too, because again, I'm promoting myself and promoting my business. And I'm also promoting your show. I want people to know more about me, more know about the show, everything's going on. And here's what happened from that. What I think we do is we get scared that other actors, other people that are our peers are going to judge us. I didn't care about that. But what I knew for sure was that the direct directors, producers, the other A-list actors that were on that show were also seeing that this guy was loving on their show. Right. And so when it came down to me recurring that first season, when I was only supposed to be in one episode, me recurring in the season two and me, them asking me, upping me and said, I see more of a world where it was more Pierce in it. When I got up in season three, it was not a surprise for me because they knew me. They kept knowing me. I was and I wasn't like annoying. I was like, I'm showing up for this and for this show and for you all. I love it. And look what happened, man. Look what happened. I my producers say, of course, it was my acting. They're like, you acted your way into a bigger role for seven seasons on the show. Um, but also you all knew about me because I was in the space talking about it alone, you know. So I even wonder if, if I don't know if it was a demand, but asking for a name for the character was enough that it kind of it almost separated you from anyone else who might have been whoever maybe Uniform Cop 2 was, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe even if they did all those same things, they you almost add to your stature in a way by having the name. Yeah. I think that's that's an interesting, uh, interesting, interesting route you took. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I had done um uh, at that time in my career, I had done so many uh, self tape. I'm sorry, not self tapes. That's on my mind all the time. I had done so many co stars at that point, and so I was like. I've done enough of these. I'm ready to do more in my acting career. And so, but I was like, I'll do this if you guys give me a name because I wasn't, I didn't want to be uniform officer number one anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how important would you say 
persistence and perseverance are to a successful work ethic, you know, it's, it's, it counts for something everywhere, but I think talking specifically about the arts. This career that we're in is a 60 year career, not a six year. And I think if people remember that, that is um, how you have longevity in this career. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs in the um, entertainment industry. There's going to be people who think you're overnight success when you've been doing it for 25 plus years. I think that you just have to get get your mind wrapped around i'm going to be doing this for a while and there are a lot of disappointments in it a ton of disappointments you know i think when even a-listers b-listers whatever you want to call those actors they get disappointed that they didn't get a role or a bigger role went to you know whatever and i think that we all think we're gonna miss that part and I so that stops the perseverance. And it was like, well, I'm going to go do something else. But if you know this, if you know this going in, this is the life. And you don't have to love it. You don't have to love it. But it's like, uh, you do have to know that this is part of it. So I think, I, I hope I answered that for you. But I think it's one of those things of this is a 60-year career. And we got to show up. And we understand that there are a million no's. There's like, it's it's like the 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 love language in in in, <laughs> in our industry is no, no. No, you know, you hear it so much, you know, so when you get a yes, it's like, uh, so. Awesome. Anything that uh, you want to plug or talk about before we go? Oh, you know, no, I, you know, I, I enjoy having these talks and I think, the, you know, I guess what I would say at the end, um, not so much a plug, you know, you know, I, I do coaching with uh, Think Bigger Coaching. It's my uh, business for actors as well. One of the things that when I started as an actor that I heard a lot was if you are an actor and you can think of doing anything else, go do that other thing. I think that's one of the most detrimental things that people have said in our acting career. And I just want to say anybody that might be listening to this that is or is not a actor or, you know, has a side job or I like to call them investment jobs. Like think about how many people we could have uh, these actors who are major CEOs of like their own entrepreneurship brands and stuff like that. So I, I don't subscribe to that anymore. And I say if you are out there and, and you're doing another investment job that's paying for your acting, you know, keep at it and understand that like your your heart's in the right place and you have a story to tell. I can't wait to see you on set and all that good stuff. That's all I would just say. Um, no plug, just a little bit of a, you know, love. Awesome. Well, Dewan, thank you so much for coming on with me today. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.